0: Chapter twenty three of the cave in the mountain by Edward Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty three Border Chivalry. As the scout uttered these words, the Apache whirled like lightning and drew his knife. His swarthy painted face glowed with passion, and his black eyes twinkled with a deadly light. Seeing that he had no weapon but the knife, sut simpson with a certain rude chivalry that did him credit left his rifle leaning against the tree while he advanced with a weapon corresponding to that of his enemy so that both stood upon the same footing lone wolf is glad to meet the white dog that he has hunted so long said the chieftain speaking english like a native with a sardonic grin sut replied "It's played out old pockered, alluding to the chieftain's pitted face I'm just as mad at you as I can be
1: without you getting up any fancy didos to upset my nerves. I've
0: come for you this time, and the best thing you can do is to proceed to business. They were facing each other with drawn knives almost toe to toe, and each waiting for the other to lead off. It would have been hard to tell which stood the best chance of winning. Lone Wolf suddenly sprang forward like a panther and made a vicious lunge with his knife. Sut easily avoiding it by leaping back when in turn he made a similar attempt upon his adversary, who escaped in precisely the same manner, but the scout noticed an unaccountable thing. Lone Wolf had dropped his knife. True, he picked it up like a flash and put himself on guard, but how it was that a veteran like him could have made such a slip was totally unexplainable to his foe but the explanation came in the next moment when the chief, without removing his eyes from those of the white man, cautiously changed the knife to his left hand. His right arm was injured in some way, so that it was unreliable. He had shown this, first by dropping the weapon while attempting to use it, and he showed it again by shifting it to his left hand, thus placing himself at a frightful disadvantage. Sut saw no wound— yet there could be no doubt of the truth, and his feelings changed on the instant. He felt himself the meanest of men to attempt to overcome an almost helpless foe. "'Lone Wolf,' said he, still looking him straight in the eyes,
1: "'why don't you hold your knife in the hand that you generally
0: do?' "'Lone Wolf can slay the dog of a white man with which hand he may choose.'
1: you haven't been able to do it with both hands during all these years that you've been trying when you've had your whole tribe to help you but don't make a fool of yourself lone wolf Are your right arm hurt
0: lone wolf will fight the white dog with his strong arm
1: no you don't
0: that's played out growled the scout shoving his knife back in his girdle
1: I don't love you any more'n I love the devil, and I felt happy to think that I had got a chance at last to get square with you. But when I lift the top knot of Lone Wolf and slide him under, he's got to have the same chance that I have. I don't believe you'd act that way toward me, but then you're a redskin and that makes the difference. Lone Wolf we will adjourn the fight till you yourself again.
0: And deliberately turning away, the scout vaulted upon the back of the mustang, cutting the lariat that held him by a sweep of the knife.
1: I suppose you'll own I got some claim on this beast,
0: so goodbye. And without turning to look at him again, he rode deliberately away. The Apache stood like a statue, staring at him until he was hidden from view by the intervening trees. Then he turned and walked slowly in the opposite direction no doubt with strange thoughts in his brain. "'I don't know how that scamp will take it,' muttered Sut as he rode along.
1: "'He's one of the ugliest dogs that ever wore a painted face, and if he could catch me with a broken arm or head, he wouldn't want anything better than to chop me up into mincemeat. But as I told the old varmint himself, he's an injun, and I ain't, and that's what's the matter.'
0: the wood was too dense and the ground too uneven to permit him to ride at a faster gait than a walk but long before the appointed hour was up he rejoined his friends who were as surprised as pleased at his prompt reappearance but where are the beasts that you promised to furnish us inquired mickey who had very little relish for the prospect of walking any portion of the distance homeward that's what i'll have for ye afore the sun goes down was the confident reply
1: "'I'll get you one hoss anyway, which maybe is just as good as two, "'for the weight of the yunker don't make no difference "'and we can get along with one beast better'n
0: two. "'I submit to your superior judgment,' said the Irishman deferentially, "'and would suggest that the sooner the same quadruped is procured the better all round. "'I hope the thing won't be delayed, as my aunt observed "'when the judge sentenced her husband to be hung.' Sut explained that his plan was to ride some distance further, to a spot which he had in mind, where they would be safer against being trailed. There, consequently, they could wait with more security while he went for the much-needed horse. Time was precious, and no one realized it more than Sut Simpson. He turned the head of the mustang toward the left, and after he had started, leaped to the ground and walked ahead, acting the part of a guide for the horse, as well as for his friends. The surface over which they journeyed was of the roughest nature. The fact of it was the scout was working the party out toward the open prairie without availing himself of the pass, an undertaking which would have been almost impossible to anyone else. At the same time, by picking his way over the rocky surface and using all means possible to conceal their trail, he hoped to baffle any pursuit that might be attempted. Lone Wolf was not the Redskin to allow such a formidable enemy as Sut-Simpson to walk away unmolested, even though he had received an unexpected piece of magnanimity at his hands. He had learned that it was he who had played such havoc among his warriors the day before, who had deceived them by cunningly uttered signals, and had drawn away the Redskin sufficiently to permit his two intended victims to walk out of his clutches it had been a series of unparalleled exploits, the results of which would have exasperated the mildest-tempered Indian ever known. These thoughts were constantly in the mind of the scout as he picked out the path for his equine and human companions. He took unusual pains, for a great deal depended upon his success in hiding the trail as much as possible." Perhaps it is not correct to say that the Apaches could be thrown entirely off the scent if they should set themselves to work to run the fugitives under cover. None knew this better than Sut himself. But he knew also that the thing could be partially done, and a partial success could be made a perfect one. That is, by adopting all the artifices at his command, the work of trailing could be rendered so difficult that it would be greatly delayed so that it would require hours for the apaches to unearth the hiding place and sut meant to accomplish his self-imposed task during those few hours so as to rejoin his friends and resume their flight before the sharp-witted pursuers could overhaul them the journey therefore was made one of the most difficult imaginable The Mustang was unshod, and yet he clambered up steep places and over rocks and through gravelly gullies where the ordinary horse would have been powerless. The animal seemed to enter into the spirit of the occasion, and his performances again and again excited the wonder and admiration of Mickey and Fred. The creature had undergone the severest kind of training at the hands of an unsurpassed veteran of the frontier this laborious journeying continued for a couple of hours during which it seemed to the man and lad that they passed over several miles of the roughest travelling they had ever witnessed the mustang had fallen several times but he sprang up again like a dog and showed no signs of injury or fatigue finally sut made a halt just as mickey was on the point of protesting and turning about so as to face his companions he smiled in his peculiar way as he spoke
1: You've stood it pretty well for greenhorns, and I'm going to give you a good rest.
0: Do you mind to go into camp for a week or a month, or until the warm season is over?
1: I'm going to leave you here while I go for some hoss flesh, and it'll take longer time than before.
0: But the Irishman insisted that he should be allowed to accompany the scout upon this dangerous expedition. For the reason that you're going to pick out this animal for me, he added, do i know but what you'll pick out some ring-boned steven critter that trots sideways and is blind in both eyes fred who dreaded the long spell of dreary waiting which seemed before him asked that he might make one of the company but sut would not consent and he objected to both he finally compromised by agreeing to take the irishman but insisted that the lad should stay behind with his mustang A younger like you couldn't do us a bitty good, added Sut by way of explanation,
1: and like as not you'd get us into the worst kind of difficulty. Better stay where you be, rest, and be ready to mount your new animal soon as we're back and scoot away
0: for New Boston.
1: How soon will you be back?
0: he asked, feeling that he ought to make no objection to the decision. The forenoon was about half gone, and the scout looked up at the sky, removed his coonskin cap, and thoughtfully wrinkled his brows as though he were solving some important mental problem.
1: "'You may scoop me, Yunker, but that's a mighty hard thing to tell. "'Now, I got back with my own animal a good deal sooner than I expected, "'but that same thing ain't likely to happen again. "'More likely it'll be the other way, and we may be gone all day, and perhaps all night.' "'And what am I to do with all that time?' "'Wait.' that'll be easy enough arter such a rough tramp as i've given ye, but suppose some of the indians come here i haven't got any gun or pistol so what shall i do the hoss there lets ye you know when any of the varmints come sneakin round and he'll do it too afore they know where you be so you'll have time to dig out i ain't much in the way of using a knife
0: added the scout
1: i depends on me gun for long range and when i gets into close quarters i throw this year tapping the handle of his knife round careless like but i got a little play thing for you that stood me well once or twice and if it's any hip to you why you're welcome to it it was given to me by an officer down at fort massachusetts
0: as he spoke, the scout drew a small revolver, beautifully mounted and ornamented with silver, which he handed to the lad, who, as may be supposed, was delighted with the weapon. Just the thing exactly, he said, as he turned it over in his hand. There are five barrels, and every one's loaded, added the scout. The peel which it gives a redskin ain't very big, but
1: it's sure, and it'll hunt for him a good ways off, so the dog is apt to bite
0: better than you expect. Sut told him that he expected to return by nightfall, and possibly before, but they might be kept away until morning. Under any circumstances, whether successful or not, they would be back within twenty-four hours, for they could better afford to wait and repeat the attempt than to stay away longer than that. The reason for this decision was that if any of the Apaches should attempt to trail them, and there was every reason to believe that they would, they would not need more than twenty-four hours to track them to this hiding place. It was especially necessary that a collision with them should be avoided as long as possible, for the Whites had everything to gain by such a course. As time was valuable, Sut did not delay the departure, and as he and Mickey gave the lad a cheery good-bye, they turned off to the right, and a minute later disappeared from view. "'Here I am alone again,' he said to himself, "'excepting the horse, and I've got a loaded revolver.' Sut don't think those apaches can get here before tomorrow morning and he knows more than i do about it so i hope he's right we've got thus far on our way home and it would be a pity if we should fail when he looked around he saw nothing in the place or surroundings which would have commended it to him there was water in the shape of a trickling stream and that was plenty everywhere but there was scarcely a spear of grass visible the vegetation was stunted and unthrifty in appearance There were stones and rocks everywhere, with nothing that could serve as a shelter in case of storm. He searched for a considerable distance around, but was unable to find even a shelving rock beneath which he might creep and gather himself up if one of those terrific tempests peculiar to this region should happen to strike him, nor did there seem to be any suitable refuge if the Apaches should attack him before he could retreat. He might crouch down behind some of the boulders and rocks, but the makeup of the surface around him was so similar that three redskins could surround him with perfect ease without any danger to themselves. Fred therefore made up his mind that he was in about as uncomfortable a situation as a fugitive could well be. End of Chapter 23 Read by Thomas Rose